Hi, and welcome once again to History. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Three dweebs, I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a Lighthearted look at the dark side of history, and the topic of our podcast today is the haunting of Esther Cox. We're going to talk about this young lady who had some paranormal activity going on, Brandy. That sucks for her. This don't seem like true crime to me, Timmy. Well, yeah, yeah. We are a true crime <laughs> comedy podcast, but we sometimes stray from the true crime uh, genre. Ah, yeah. We sometimes stray from a lot of things. Yes. Um, and we sometimes stray from civility. So if that offends you, don't let the door hit you and your big ass on the way out. We do sometimes use, occasionally, Brandy. Church-going motherfucker. What the hell? There's nothing wrong I'm with I'm tired people, of these people complaining about the profanity and vulgarity. You know what's profane and vulgar? You know, if you're tired Most of, of their mamas. If, That's if right. you're tired of Fuck it, perhaps you, you shouldn't use it, and then perhaps they wouldn't be offended. Uh, how, how are we yeah, going to expect to do a show with this heathen over here not cussing? Well, she's she, when she and I do a, a podcast on her own, she never swears. Yes, I'm, she does. I'm quite popular. Can we just get Brandy time out of the way? <laughs> Let me introduce our panel. <laughs> oh. Joined by the very lovely and talented, a lady who is known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent. The much admired Queen Brandy the First. How are you today, Brandy? I am excellent, Timmy. How are you? I am doing well. Um, so you excited about this time? This is your people, demons. Yes. 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 Uh, now I'm I'm pumped. Can't wait to see what happens here. How's things been going for you? Things are good. I'm getting ready to move and getting all that stuff together and getting ready for a graduation party. And yes, congratulations to Jacob. Yes, and uh, Noah's had a series of ailments that he's diagnosed himself with, <laughs> yeah, so that's been fun. Well, tell us about Noah, because I know he he has been having some conversations with you. Well, first of all, he told me the other day that it, his wiener hurt when he peed, so... Oh, that's, we not, put well, out, wait a minute. that's never good. Wait a minute. We should put out Noah's six. Well, Noah's seven, yeah. Oh, seven, right. His wiener hurt when he peed, so yeah. he thinks he has strep throat. Hmm. What do you think about that, Colonel? <laughs> when it hurts to pee, it's never good. That's all Who I can knows? say. Well, no, it didn't hurt to pee. His wiener hurt when he when he peed, yeah. which could mean like that. You know, he just needed to go to the bathroom. But they, well, that's true. But he was convinced that he had strep throat. Well, there. Which, by the way, he does not. Okay. <laughs> and then he also. I wonder how he got that. And then he also told me the other day in his regular voice that he had lost his voice. That he needed to stay home from 
daycare. So he told you this out loud. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, in his regular voice. He said, well, I've lost my voice. I need to stay home. And you pointed out that he did. Maybe he thought he was me. He meant metaphorically he lost his voice. I don't, I don't know. I don't need to get all metaphysical with this kid. I can't. But he, um, you know, he's enjoying, he enjoys, you know, good medical YouTube videos. He is. is he st- so he's still, is he still Oh, he's looking? still all about that. Okay. He's still all about it. And he has actually downloaded an app uh, onto his little device that is a surgery simulator. Oh, oh, there nice. you go. Yeah, so uh, he has trouble. Sometimes he has trouble with the words, but other than that, he's well, you know, have? I gotta crack this guy's rib cage open and see what's going on. So he's either going to end up a doctor or a serial killer. Sure. Yeah. As, either way, I mean, <laughs> you're proud either way. Yeah, I'm good either <laughs> way. You know. So well, I'm glad that uh, young. I hope young knows film better and that his wiener is strep throat clears up. Oh my God! Well. You know, one of my nieces had strep in her butt, and I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. But if you Google it, evidently it's a thing. Butt strep. Butt strep is a thing. Oh. I didn't know that. How do you get that? I don't know. I get. I don't know. It travels through your body. I don't know how you get it, but she did. And so when my brother told me that, I said, that's the most bullshit thing I've ever heard in my life. And you looked it up. And we looked it up, and it's an actual thing. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, he could have strep in his wiener. Well, you should have call uh, it something else. got uh, Noah to diagnose that. Well, I, you know, he doesn't need well, to look at Well, I hope he finds anything. his voice. I'm really concerned about his voice. Well, I'm sure he'll yell at me if he doesn't <laughs> find it. So, Brandy, you're going, you got some exciting things coming up. You're going to be in New Orleans for a pod, uh, Podron Love. Yes, I am. Uh, as are you. I will be there as well. We're mm-hmm. going to do a live show in new orleans mm-hmm. with our good friend rachel mm-hmm. of haunted visions of course the colonel will not be there because he, he doesn't travel outside well he doesn't he, he doesn't travel stay close to home he doesn't travel it's ridiculous got that ankle bracelet yeah it's limiting whatever let me introduce a man who really needs no introduction he's a man uh who has been described as an oasis brandy in the desert of despair by no one he is a man of great honor and distinction. No, he's not. He is a man who has been called the most dangerous man in podcasting today. Nope. The very honorable, the Colonel, Reverend Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters, the third, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm not good, Timmy. No, big surprise. He's not good. <laughs> not good. What's going on, Colonel? What's wrong? Oh, I'm, I'm sitting in my house, Timmy. Yes. Get a knock on the door. Okay. It's it's some guy saying here, are you the colonel? And I'm like, yeah, I'm the colonel. And, you know, and people show up. I'm used to stalkers, I, and I was wondering how this well, guy got that, that's security. What, see, you you need to, you know, you, you, need, you don't need, you shouldn't be listed because people are people. Well, seek I like you out. to. I like they to seek s- out your advice. But the thing is, to me, I like to stay close to the to the common people. Timmy. I see. That's well, how Brandon. I, I don't. That's how I keep it real. We don't want people, yeah. we don't want people stay, touching I us. do you my are, own grocery shopping. You are when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah. That's what you are. You do your own grocery shopping? <laughs> I do my own grocery shopping. I, you know, He's I, a man of the people. I am not, a man he orders of the his groceries too. on Amazon. But this some bitch, you know what he hands me? What? Now, you remember our last episode. I told you some of the books I was going to do. Yeah, you were writing some children's books. He gave me a cease and desist letter, Timmy. Why is that? From the estate of... And and I'm not saying he was a wife beater, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Not saying he was a wife beater. Okay. Could he have been a wife beater? I don't know. I don't know. From he had a wife. 
of Dr. Seuss. Okay, Dr. Seuss, okay. Saying I was doing some kind of copyright or trademark infringement from my new book series. I see. And were, Horton chokes a hoe and Horton <laughs> hires a hoe. And so they, they, uh, they asked you to cease and desist. They did. And they are did. you uh, doing that? Well, I'm are still writing, Timmy. And or I'm still writing. I started my first novel now. Okay, um, a novel now. A novel. It's a novel. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a trilogy. There might be four, like Lord of the Rings. And you'll probably want to read this one because it's gonna be a little. little you know, if it's a, a rare, it's, if it's a rare topic, it will be a novel. Novel. <laughs> it will be. I'm my first book. I believe <laughs> I'm gonna do is uh, Fifty Shades of Colonel. Gross. Not are you going to wear some leather and be like a picture of you wearing leather on the cover, like uh, uh, little little motorcycle? Yeah, yeah, studs with stuff. like uh, fifty yeah. shades of colonel. I, and I thought no, no shirt on. Is like, it gay porn? But then I was going to go to another one because I like you know I'm a sentimental man. You know that, and uh, I'm working on two at the same time. Timmy, the second they? one is a colonel grows in Brooklyn. Timmy, <laughs> well, I'm sure that would be very. Uh, 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 very enlightening brand. Have you ever been to Brooklyn? Mm. I have. I doubt it. I have. And <laughs> it's outside the Count of outside Monte the Colonel, Timmy. The Count of Monte Colonel. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's going to write The Colonel of Monte Cristo. I see. He's going write to write him a maritime story because, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a, a big of, ocean guy. He's a man of the sea. Yeah, we, you know, we call him the Gordon's Fisherman for a reason. So, Colonel, you sound like you have a very busy summer plan with all that going on. Are we done I'm with Colonel? Be busy, yeah. No wonder you're not going to New Orleans with Brandy and I because you're busy. He's busy working, Brandy, on his. Yeah, I got a big uh, advance on those, Timmy, so I yeah. got to get these on there. Yeah, you'll be seeing him promoting his books and uh, on Good Morning America and places like that. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't because that would require him to travel. <laughs> yeah, you don't like travel, do you, Colonel? You don't like other people, I don't basically. like. I. I, I my you know what, this this story has Canadians in it, Colonel. Goddamn no. Canadians. You know what, that Here's Trudeau, that son of a bitch. Well, I, 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 no, we don't speak ill of Trudeau. I, I, all it, I, I, I'm saying it, 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 he disrespected our country. <sighs> Apparently, I was listening to our president, and he said what I have been saying all along, Timmy, Canada is a threat to our national security. <laughs> what they burned have down I the been White saying House, for you know? years? They burned down the White House. You know? They did. They burned down the damn house. I've been telling you people for years, Canada Canadians is a threat. Are violent. Oh, yeah. So you think we have to keep an eye on Shirley Strap? Oh, we got to keep a close eye on her. Which, what makes you think I'm not keeping a close eye on her? Here's already, the thing. Timmy? If it's not somehow attached to Ohio, mm -hmm. I don't think he goes. No. <laughs> Like, it has Kentucky, Indiana. I mean, does he even go to Kentucky? Well, I don't know. I mean, he probably goes there accidentally on his way around the west side, but still. He's you know, a man. He likes he, west it, side of Cincinnati. It's got to be attached to the state of Ohio. Anything beyond that, he's not that interested. There are legal implications for me traveling too far that well, I now do not I, want to get into That here. might be the truest thing you've said all <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> uh, okay, want to get into the story? Love to. Thank you. This is The Haunting of Esther Cox. C-O-X, Colonel, before you get any weird thoughts. Esther Cox. Mm -hmm. For months, Brandy. Yeah. It tormented a 19-year-old girl and her family with deafening noises, horrifying threats, 
and unspeakable violence in one of the most famous poltergeist cases in Canadian history. I'm so goddamn tired of poltergeists. <laughs> Do you run into a lot of poltergeists? All the time. All the time. Well, you should tell Brandy she could come out and do a uh, Haunted Vision episode on your house. Oh, yeah, that's what I need, another goddamn demon in my house, Timmy. <laughs> Some ghost stories, Brandy, live on because of the sheer terror they brought into the lives of those who experienced them firsthand. For the most part, ghosts and asp- a- apparitions are harmless to those who witness them. Flickering briefly into view to perform some timeless task or to relay a message from a departed loved one. Or to just fuck with you. <laughs> and then fading back into the unknown branding. You know this, of course. Of course. Poltergeist activity, however, is another matter entirely, Brandy. Seemingly to center around an individual, a poltergeist produces physical uh, actions that have been known to cause serious harm and otherwise scare the hell out of his victims. I, it said daylights, but I added hell for a there little you go. Well, drama. Right. And because we're an adult show. Yes. Have God to earn that E rating. Mm-hmm. Esther Cox of Amherst, Nova Scotia, that's in Canada, Colonel. <laughs> yeah, the enemy. Was such a victim in a case that became one of the most frightening poltergeist accounts in Canadian history. Can I just interject something? Because yes. last night people were talking about a historic, you know, the thing with the with the North North Korean guy meeting with about, the president. Uh, Have you Young ever seen Ung. two goofier looking bastards standing <laughs> together at one time? Uh, I mean, it was like a whole. Wait a minute. It was like the circus. Uh, excluding came to town. right. Excluding right this very second. <laughs> oh come on! I don't have the funny hair that Kim Young Ung has. I know. How can you? Uh, and then, no. quite frankly, he, he needs to go on a diet. I mean, let's. That's the. That Please is roly poly. That is the elephant in the room, or the white elephant in the room, Colonel. I'm glad you're not afraid to address his. Kim Young Ung. Well, if I did it over there, his people did it. They would shoot an anti aircraft at him. But he really needs to lose some weight, Colonel. He needs to go on, like, one of those plans where they send you the food. He needs to go on the the biggest dictator loser, Timmy. <laughs> you think he would do well, well? But you know what? Now, our president is not the uh, specimen of physical fitness that we would well, like. Well, according to his doctor, he is. I believe his doctor got kicked out of the medical <laughs> profession, Timmy. I don't think that's true. I believe, his doctor operates out of a tent. I believe he's using Kellyanne Conway as his doctor right now. <laughs> Okay, so back to Emily Cox. Um, The strange events were witnessed and documented by many people and even become subject of a book, Brandy. What is the name of the book, Timmy? Uh, I think it's a mystery at Elmhurst. The strange events were witnessed, or I said that. The year was 1878, Brandy, and the place was Princess Street in Amherst, Nova Scotia, a town in north-central Nova Scotia, where it, the province borders New Brunswick. Of course, Colonel, you're familiar with New Brunswick. Uh, yeah, back in my younger days, I used to do walkabouts there, Timmy. You called it MB, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was pretty well known over there. Now, Esther Cox, Colonel, mm-hmm. was 19 years old. Every time you say Cox, she looks up. <laughs> the devil over here looks up like, what? Uh, no. 19 years old. Esther Cox was 19 years old. She lived in a rented house with her married sister, Olive Teed, Brandy, 
Olives. And Olive's husband, Daniel Teed, and their two young children. Have you ever seen a really attractive Olive? No, but dude, I watched that. You ever see that show, that reality show where they're buying a wedding dress? Yes. Hold on, hold on. Say yes to the dress? Yes. Sometimes, can I just say to Uh, me, sometimes you get off topic when you're trying to do this. Well, I just want to say... You know, why is it that every once in a while, as soon as a woman puts on, you can have the ugliest woman in the world put on a wedding dress and uh, and people say, oh, you're so beautiful. Mm, Yeah. Like a wedding dress changes, changes your hideous features. (laughs) It's not true. Sometimes they're still ugly, even with the best, the most beautiful dress in the world. Well, sometimes when they put the veil on, well, that, that helps. Right. But you know what? Now, this is a way to get. Now, you just got most of our audience riled up because no matter how hideously somebody is, yeah, you can't point it out, Timmy. Well, that's why I'm doing it. I didn't name a person. I just did it. No, I mean, generically. people, you could be a person that children run screaming from. Mm-hmm. But if you point it out and say... All you have to do is put on a wedding dress, and then it's okay. You're the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. <laughs> I always like that, though. People are like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. First of all, I don't like wedding dresses. She'd look better in a bikini if she was really attractive. Mm-hmm. You want to impress me, throw something else on. You know, go to Victoria's Secret. So, you, so you're not impressed with the wedding gown, I take it. N- not at all, Timmy. Okay. Not at all. All right, let's get back to Esther. Uh so it was a crowded little cottage brandy that they lived in. Yeah. Esther, her siblings, uh, Jeannie and William, as well as her brother John. So a bunch of people lived in this little tiny house. Um, Fucking tiny houses. Suddenly, uh, into this uh, just ordinary home, horror struck brandy. But not from the same... A horse. A whore? <laughs> a a paranormal whore, a horse. You want me to get through this? You can't make fun of my words. Oh, <laughs> that, that's where you're wrong. Rather from an all-too-human monster, Brandy, it wasn't just paranormal that haunted uh, Esther. Esther was nearly raped, Brandy, by an acquaintance named Bob McNeil. Bob's a dick. He was a shoemaker with a disdainful reputation of which esther was unaware yeah she almost gets raped and that that kind of seems to trigger all these events although she escaped the attack with minor injuries the violence against her seemed somehow to open a door to the unknown this time from an unseen entity or entities brandy Mm -hmm. and the amherst poltergeist mystery began so let me give you a little background on esther she was born on March 28, 1860, Colonel, in Upper Stenwaukee, Nova Scotia. That might not be how you pronounce that, Brandy. Could Probably be wrong. not. But in, she was born in, in March 28, so you know what that means, Colonel. Um, she was a, uh, uh, let's see, she'd be a Aquarius? But her mother had been pregnant during the holidays, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. All, all babied up there. Mm-hmm. Her parents were farmers. Her dad's name, Brandy, was Archibald. Archie! Yeah. I mean, let's get back to Trudeau. And her mother's name, get this. Uh, Archie and who? Esther Cox. Archie and Esther. Archie and Esther. Now, Esther was her name as well. 
So she's like Esther Jr. Here. Right. I don't like that at all. Well, okay. I don't like... You should wi- write a strongly worded letter. Women should not name their children after themselves. Is that right? Am I wrong, Colonel? No, women should not. There should be no Esther Juniors. Yeah. So anyway, here's my question. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we building a wall along Canada? The fuck? <laughs> well, I mean... Why don't you discuss that on your other podcast, which is? Rants and Reason. I'm about to have a rant because. Yes, we like syrup. And, now shut up. And Shelly would never let him talk about that on that show. She would hit him. She, you know what? Shelly will do what I tell her to do. No, Because she, I am the colonel. You are out of your mind. The other day, someone on our Facebook page said uh, they wanted to know if a certain date was okay with you for DweebCon, which is coming up in October. Mm-hmm. And the colonel responded that you will be where we tell you to be. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. You Just making friends everywhere. You are just the talent. You just show up. You just show up and look pretty. I wasn't the one that asked the fucking question, you numbnut. It was a listener, you (laughs) fucking twat. And I answered. I said, you will be there when I tell you to be there. That's right. Hmm. That's that's good PR work right there. You just need to understand. So Esther. All we need is another woman to fill that spot. No, honey. Oh, that's right. You're just a talent. No people like her. Who, 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 you know. Not you or what's his butt over there. <laughs> what the fuck? Watch his what was the show, Charlie's Angels, where they kept replacing the one? Cheryl Ladd. Yeah, Cheryl Ladd. Oh, Farrah oh, Fawcett, Sh- the Cheryl, bronze. Cheryl yeah. Hack. And yeah. Yeah, they, they, they fired Cheryl Hack because they said she couldn't act. <laughs> Which, when was, was a, that criteria well, for that show? Yeah. How many Emmys did that show rack up? I don't know. But I had that Farrah Fawcett poster when I was a kid. Did you ever rub any out to it? Who didn't? Who didn't? Come on. I mean, it started fake. Tell I, me about Esther Jr. I had Jr. it until I was like 33 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Colonel just made you throw it out last week. Esther Jr. Okay. Esther Jr. EJ. She, she was the Little young, Esther. She was the youngest of six children, Brandy. She had four sisters and Well, they one. ran out of names. That was the problem. <laughs> she had four sisters and one brother. Esther was named after her mother because her mother died shortly after giving birth. So that I guess that's okay then. Because then they were only one Esther. Right. It gets confusing, confusing when you got more than one Esther running around. <laughs> she was a premature child, Brandy. Now, this I don't believe, but this is what the research says. Okay? Uh-huh. She weighed, you can tell me, you were, you're a mom. She weighed only five pounds at nine months of age. No, that sounds like a crock of shit. That's what I thought too. But anyway, that's that's, that's what it says in the research. She grew she grew up sickly, Brandy. Well, I know. She only weighed five pounds at nine months. She well, then she's a little person. She suffered not only. I think she grew up to be normal, but she just got a bad start. She suffered not only from physical ailments, but also had the doctors. She had what the doctors described, Colonel, as a nervous nature. Oh, she's a nervous Nelly. I mean, she was She's a nervous Esther. Nuts, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. You might want to put that stone down yeah, before I, you yeah. throw it, Timmy. <laughs> yeah. But, but When's the last time we've is, seen is, Timmy's eyebrows? As Timmy walks through that big glass house, <laughs> you might not want to be wow. tossing stones down the driveway hmm. with people that, Timmy. I don't know what you're trying to say. Well, a nervous nature, don't they cure that with orgasm? Yeah, you know you can. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they used to. The doctor, you can? Used to, the doctor would masturbate the, the woman. Now, I think that's some bullshit. Why can't you do it to me? Got together. And, I paid my copay. You got a nervous nature? <laughs> I got a nervous nature. I'm twitching. Oh, go to your doctor. Maybe he'll rub one out. Yeah, maybe it. he will. He'll put a glove on. 
<laughs> and kiss your neck. Yeah. You can look at the Fair Fawcett poster That's in right. his office. <laughs> now, Esther did well in school, Brandy, but tended to, to keep to herself. She loved to read and was very religious, mm. like many of our listeners. Mm. She, she did a lot of church going. Colonel, how's the uh, Church of the Latter-day oh, Colonel? Oh, my God. It's been going good, Timmy. It's going, we have our bake sale coming up in two weeks, and then we're going to have the rummage Wait sale going on. Is the bake sale for edibles? And uh, No. But you can it's, buy some rummage uh, if you come to the rummage you sale. You can buy rummage. Um, the bake sale is... Uh, you need to have edibles. That's how you draw in the big bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we're having uh, um, the Swapathon. Love the swapathon. What is that? Is that the wife swapathon? Yeah, yeah wife, it's a wife, oh, swap-a-thon. No, okay, wife wow. swapathon. See, some guys should have to throw in cash because, <laughs> yeah. again, they're, they're not beautiful. You put a wedding dress <laughs> a, on them. They dress on them and they're all right. That if you show up to a swingers club, you see a lot of women in wedding dresses. Yeah. And cheerleader <laughs> outfits, strangely enough. I don't get that either. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Brandy? I'm trying not to. How many times you been to a swingers club? I can say never. So the economics you professor go? never took you to the swingers Would you go? club? I might go, but what? The economics no, professor what? never took you to the no, swingers club? No, shut up. You never really gave us a whole lot of detail about that sordid affair. Gee, I wonder why. Because clearly wonder. it's being exploited just from the little snippet of information you got. <laughs> you mentioned it once in passing, like yeah. eight years ago. Uh, I just wonder why you got a C. I didn't. Mm. I think she got C+. Plus. I did C not plus, get okay. that either. <laughs> What do you think you would have got if you had not slept with him? Oh, my God. <laughs> so you think she would have done better if she would have uh, been I, more virtuous? I do not know how she performed. Well, Brandy, so you would go to a swingers club. Sure, with my husband. Right. But, I mean, you wouldn't swing. you just kind of watch or? I don't know. It would just be one of those things that would be interesting to do. Would you go, Colonel? To a swingers club? Yeah. I have had to referee at a swingers club before. <laughs> Did you wear the little striped shirt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because people will get carried away with what you got what a whistle around here. your neck. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, put a condom on over that. Out of bounds. Out of bounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No touching there. Personal foul, 15 yeah. yards. <laughs> okay. So as she grew up, Brandy. Uh, oh, wait a minute. There was not, this was not unusual because there was a lot of people who were church going at the time. She was not if, okay. when she was not in uh, when she's not in school or church. She spent a lot of time with her brothers and sisters. She didn't socialize much with other kids, except for the church socials. You've been to a church social. Before. I actually have been to a church social before. <laughs> I bet you weren't very social. I was. I was just. I did just fine. Thank you. Um, was that when? Now you're you're. One of the big love well, people, well, no, right? One, one time she's Catholic, next time she's Mormon. I've never Mormon. been Catholic. <laughs> she's a pagan. I don't know. She, what. She's a... Uh, well, your family's Italian, Did you right? know any of the people on the Dave's show? Dave's family is. Okay, well, they're Catholic, probably. They are Catholic. Did you know any of the big love people, the people on the big love show? Yeah, we all know each other. That's what I did. Yeah. How's, yeah. how's Mitt Romney doing? Oh, yeah, he's fine. Does he show up at the parties at your house? <laughs> They have a lot yeah. of wives, don't they? They need a lot of wedding dresses. Yeah. Okay, so you're not Catholic. No, my husband's family is Catholic. Okay. I'm you're just Mormon. A, I am, well, I'm lapsed. No, I'd say lapsed. <laughs> I, I, now here's what I don't get, Timmy. Yeah. 
It's just more people that are disappointed in you. More wives. Yeah, the more wives you get, the well, more you have more in-laws too, right? I'm really not sure you can have more people disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Okay, so this was an uh, okay. So she grew up. She was shy and considered a bit odd, Brandy. As she grew up, Esther was considered to be virtuous and enjoyed a good reputation, much like yourself. <laughs> she got a good reputation. She could be moody. At the Swingers Club. Oh, there we go. And withdrawn at what? times. Moody and withdrawn. Oh, well, yeah. Often sulking uh, if she did not get her way, Brandy. Yeah. So she's 19 years old. She's or, a princess. Yeah. Besides her mood swings, the, uh, uh, the only other thing that stood out about her was that she had a strange uh, love for vinegar. Apparently, Esther would drink vinegar by the gallons. Oof. She also was a bit OCD and washed her hands 50 to 100 times That'd be some day. funky breath. I didn't even know you could drink vinegar like that. People drink apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Well, she liked it. The other odd thing about her was she always smelled a perfume, even though, according to reports, she never used perfume in her life. So what could that be? Her soap? Her she hand washing? She often complimented... She was often complimented for her smell, even though she didn't didn't do anything to enhance it. So, apparently, she smelled good. Yeah, she washed her hands a hundred times a day. By the time she was eighteen, uh, Esther's siblings encouraged her to start courting men in order that she may find a suitable husband. Brandy. Well, yeah, she's getting a little long in the tooth. <laughs> eighteen. By this time, Esther had turned. Uh, into an attractive young woman, and men in the local community began to express interest in seeing her socially. So mm-hmm. she has some uh, admirers. She was reluctant to start uh, courting men. How old were you when you started dating? 16. Okay. She was very shy and did not have much Did you interest. get courted? Yes. How did they court? Because I know you're from the country. How did they court up there? You're from Amish country, aren't you? I'm not from Amish country. You're from, you're from up in, what, Lebanon? That's Amish country? <coughs> it's not. I bought pies, Amish pies and shit up there Did you before. have suitors? I did. Okay. Now, now your, your dad was a... Was a uh, oh, yeah. He was armed was all the time. Yes. So how was it coming? I mean, yeah. How'd you like to have to do this, date the devil? Now, think about this. First of all, you got to get past a fairly burly, right? Your dad? I thought you were talking about me. (laughs) Your dad's a big guy. Your dad's a big guy. guy. A fairly burly, rather rough. uh, Ex-soldier. Ex-soldier who is always armed in law enforcement. And when you get past, when you run that gauntlet, Timmy, Mm -hmm. you get to spend the whole night alone with the devil. Well, you've forgotten about my mother. And your brothers. brothers. As anybody. Yeah, Yeah. So, now my brothers didn't yeah, give a we damn. We have not had your brother up here in a while. We my need brothers to get don't him give back a damn up here. Yeah, we need to get Casey. I'm arguing we need to with get Casey, Casey right back. Now. Are you? Yeah. Well, you know what? We can have Quit an intervention. Be such a wretched hoe and be we can nice have a to that man. Session, He's a nice family boy. Family counseling session, if you like. No. Do we need an intervention? No. Okay. Um, she was shy. Did not have much interest in dating. Right. However, her sisters kept pushing her to date and warned her unless she would make herself more available, she may end up an old maid. Not at twenty. Eighteen. One of the local men who expressed interest in Esther was a shoemaker named Bob McNeil, Brandy. Mm-hmm. While Esther was uh, 19 years old, Bob was uh, 36 at the time, mm. and he was, had, was already twice 
widowed. Damn. He met Esther at a church at church when she was 16, and it began pursuing her for three years. Jeez. Bob was not a very good person and would, was often in trouble with the police. You know, he, hold, stop. Uh, stop. Hmm. Just because you're in trouble with the police does not make you a bad person. Yeah, but then he tries to do rapesies with her. So. Okay, now that makes you a bad person. Yeah. But sometimes but like this. there are he, misunderstandings between you and the police. He was, he they just w- need to be worked out. He would often hunt stray cats and dogs and then skin them alive. That makes him a okay, bad person. Okay, now we'll get in, into bad person territory. Yeah. But you just made a broad generalization over people well, who... What you have to remember is Timmy's read this story, so he can make those because he knows what's coming up. Yeah, he does. Yeah, He sends them to us in the last minute so we can't prepare. Yeah, 24 hours ago. <clears throat> but when it came to Esther, Bob McNeil, appear, Bob McNeil appeared to be smitten, Brandy. Yes. Each day he would pick fresh daisies and deliver them to his door. So he sounds like a nice guy. No. Nope. After turning down her, suitors, her suitor on several occasions, Esther finally agreed to attend an ice cream social with Bob McNeil. At first, Bob was mild-mannered and seemed content to wait for Esther to show him affection. After several dates, however, Bob grew impatient, Colonel. On the three-date rule. He told Esther that he, had, he was a grown man with real needs, and if she would not fulfill those needs, he would find a woman who would, Brandy. But she didn't want to go out with him in the first place. He's all gas, grass, or ass, and she didn't want to go out with him in the first place. Well, hold on now. Hold on now. And he's buying her ice cream. He bought her man. ice cream. Bringing her daisies okay. every day. Now, you bring you buy somebody ice cream. Oh, you have to. There's say, an it's implied contract. contract. <laughs> implied contract. Yeah, it's implied. I mean, and I'm not saying that on the first date if it's ice cream, but if that woman accepts the ice cream and then follows up with a second date, she's asking for it. What about? It's basically an obligation. Yeah, actually, Does you're it depend really on the kind of ice cream. Hmm? Does it depend on the kind of ice cream? So it like. Does. If they buy me something really fancy from, like, you know, Ben & Jerry's or Graters, then clearly I have to put out. But if he's just getting no, me some old they, vanilla soft serve no, from no, the no, Dairy no, Queen. No, 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 If he buys you a Heath Bar thing off the ice cream truck to driving down the street oh, ringing no. a bell, yes, you took the ice cream. No. You took the ice cream, girl. No. There's no implied you contract there. You take the ice there. cream, you take the weenie. No. That's the deal. <laughs> no. 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 All right. So Bob was getting a little frustrated. I'd rather have the well, ice yeah. cream. He... he you know, Esther was money on ice cream. I'd rather have the ice cream at this point. The ice cream doesn't talk back. <laughs> Once on a date, Bob had pulled over his carriage and insisted. Pulled over the carriage. <laughs> insisted. Don't make he, me pull this carriage over. Did he put his signal on? <laughs> and insisted, Throw on his hazards? Insisted that uh, Esther kiss him, uh, but she refused. Rock on, Esther. Just say no, girl. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> the couple were several miles away from her home and it was late at night, Brandy. Yeah. Bob threatened to leave Esther on the road alone in the dark if she would not provide him with some relief. Relief. Ugh. Finally, Bob Esther. Is, Bob is a worm. Finally, Esther, fearing she would be left stranded, allowed Bob to look at her bloomers. The sight of which. Not her bloomers. <laughs> the sight of her uh, Esther's undergarment excited Bob, and he was soon groaning in ecstasy, Brandy. I'm so grossed out by this right now. Well, so he rubbed one out. First of I all, I don't even know right. how you, do you have you ever walked past Victoria's Secret and looked in the bloomer section? <laughs> no, because I, I can't even I can't even glance sideways. <laughs> if I glance sideways, bloomers, I'm, I'm immediately <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. I'm immediately at eight seven five if I see bloomers, bloomers in the window. Bloomers of Vic, can Victoria's have an effect Secret. on a man. First of all, yeah. again, let's establish. She didn't want to go out with this motherfucker in the first place, and now you're making all kinds of. Well, I'm gonna leave you on the side of the road. Motherfucker, fine. Leave me on the side of the goddamn road. Well, she might have been wearing those little house on the prairie boot shoes. Dude, they're used to walking miles and miles. It's back in the 1700s or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, but would you wear a walk home or just show him your bloomers and then get a ride home? All she did was show him his bloomers. Have you ever showed... Yeah, have you ever kissed or showed your boobs for a bloomers. ride? <laughs> own bloomers. I'm, I'm well, they wore bloomers back in the day. No, I understand. Right. I'm familiar with female underwear, yeah, okay. having owned a few pair. Well, I get then, it. Would, wouldn't it seem a lot? It seemed to me like it would be, uh, the, you know, it's the path of least resistance. Show him your bloomers, you get a ride home. Mm. Right, Colonel? I don't I don't know what was so hard but, about that. But Just again, lift, hike up the skirt a little bit. I mean... Then you don't, but don't go out with him again. Well, yeah, they, you'll get to that. Yeah, I know. I see that. Don't okay. Go, okay. So anyway. So, so after, you're blaming the victim, basically. Here. I'm not blaming the victim. This guy's <laughs> this a fucking worm. like she's worm. blaming the victim to you, Chris. No, this guy's a worm. I'm just saying. He has a worm. Well, clearly, that found relief. So he, he masturbated while she was looking right. at the bloomer, So that's kind of gross. So. Yeah. And you know, she washes her hand a hundred times a day. Oh, so. I bet she took a silkwood <laughs> shower when she got home. After Bob uh, appeared to find some relief, he took Esther home as promised, because he's a good guy that well, way. a man of his word, Colonel. There you go. Esther never spoke of the incident. She should have told her dad, so her dad could have popped a cap in his ass. Archibald. Yeah, Archie. <laughs> really should have told Archie. But, but silently vowed never to go out with Bob McNeil again. Okay. Bob was persistent, however, and continued to pursue the young girl. After weeks of rejecting his advances, Esther finally relented and agreed to go on a carriage ride with Bob as long as he promised no funny business. Okay, no funny business, Colonel. Have you ever went out with anyone on the condition of no funny business? I, basically, when I was going out on dates uh, as a younger man to me, I would bring a notary with me, and I would have them sign saying that if anything happened, mm -hmm. they had to have my experience. Express clear consent. What do you think about that, Brandy? You're an idiot. Mm -hmm. Idiot. All right. So, no funny business. No funny business. So, so Bob says, sure. Okay. Bob, and He's a man of his word, apparently. Oh, yeah. And drove the girl 
uh, the young girl out to the countryside where they sat and talked. Before long, Bob, being the great guy that well, you know, he is. When you're, when, you know, she probably didn't know. A lot of the guys she went out with probably didn't have their own carriage. Well, he probably had a sweet ride with, oh, flame, with flames down the side. That, yeah, spinners on the <laughs> wheels. <laughs> yes. I had some badass horses pulling sweet it. Sweet rides. Uh, before long, Bob, being the great guy that he was, was once again coming on to her and begging her for sex. Okay. Esther, God love her, held out, said okay. nope. Finally, Bob jumped out of the carriage, withdrew a revolver, and pointed the weapon at Esther's heart. Yeah, that's not cool. Bob insisted that if Esther did not have sex with him at that very moment, he, she would kill her. Yeah, so it's a sexual assault at this point. Oh, yeah. but or I love attempt, attempted sexual Yeah, assault. but I love this. Shocked and frightened, Esther became defiant. She told Good Bob. She told Bob she had no intention of giving him her favors and insisted that he either kill her or take her home. Good for that, her. Now, that's, that is She's one badass, badass woman that's right badass. there. So Bob was shocked at Esther's defiance, whatever, and not knowing how to handle her, he took Esther home, and as soon as she exited the carriage, he took off. Oh, you know he had to be feeling all... I'm surprised uh, he even slowed down. <clears throat> yeah, like, oh, Again, she should have let Archie know. Oh, for sure. Well, here's, let me think. So, I mean, it's a traumatic experience for her. No, this it is was. awful. Yeah. Let me run this one by you, Timmy. Uh-huh. Moby Colonel. Or possibly Colonel of the Rings. I like it, Colonel. I think it, I would... Yeah. I'm going to do a trilogy. I would, I would read it. I would read it, Brandy. Although Esther was clearly distraught, can you make sure it's an audible, uh, audible book? She did yeah, not. I'm going to do my own my own thing. Reading. Right. Yeah, I'll okay. do my own reading. She did it. not tell her family of the attempted rape. She instead changed clothes and went to bed early. And this is when some bizarre things started to occur. It always bizarre things always occur when you go to bed early, Colonel. Uh, that's why I stay up late. Mm-hmm. He goes to bed at six. And tiny things, bizarre things happen. Uh, although the house was crowded with the Teeds and their extended family. The Teeds. They had Teeds in there? Teeds. T-E-E-D-S. Olive Teed. Teeds. Olive Teed. It wasn't unusual for households to take in boarders to help pay rent. I don't like the Olive Teeds, Timmy. I like the cantaloupe-sized Teeds. Olive Oil never had big breasts, Colonel. She didn't have any breasts at all. Walter Hubble, a sometimes actor, was a boarder at the Teed residence when the first... Huh? Okay. Oh, when the first stirrings of supernatural phenomena took place, and he recorded them in his book, The Great Amherst Mystery. Yeah, this is the dude with the book. The first night. (laughs) Have you ever noticed, speaking of olive oil, Bluto was downright rapey. Do you think he was better hung than Popeye? Well, I'm sure he was, unless Popeye had spinach. That was like Popeye's Viagra. But, uh, Bluto, I mean, Bluto would just snatch olive oil and drag her away, and yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty he, sure that's not the message you want to send the like children. Fifty, 50 Shades of Grey, Bluto was. He was he'd grab her No, by he was more like a Ted Bundy at a cartoon world. Do you think he was rapey, Brandy? Yes. Lisa? The first night, Esther's sleep was interrupted, and screams of fright brought all of the adults in the house rushing to the room where the sisters, Esther and Jenny, shared a bed. The girls had seen the formation of something moving under their covers as they were about to go to sleep for the night. Somebody got a boner. Esther thought it was a mouse. (laughs) A search turned up nothing, and the girls returned to bed, and the house quieted for the night. 
The following night, more screams disturbed the family. Again, the noise was attributed to a mouse. On the third night, the girls set up a trap for the mouse so it could no longer interrupt their sleep. Around 2 a.m., Esther and Jenny excitedly, excitedly claimed that they heard strange noises coming from a box of fabric scraps that they kept under the bed. Do you keep a box of fabric scraps under your bed, Brandy? I, she, no. no, she keeps handcuffs, whips, nipple clamps, whatever she uses on her poor victims. Hot wax. You do the hot wax drip on those poor I men. I keep fingers of my victims under my bed. I keep teeth. Of course you do. Uh, let's see. Uh, were l- sure let that me it- tell you just this is a quick story about because it makes me think screaming in the night because this happened to me the other night. Okay. It, I could not sleep. And I'm laying there, and I, I feel down by my foot, you know, the the world's most dangerous canine, Rudy, the Rudy, wonder dog. the wonder dog. And I stopped petting Rudy with my with my foot. Only it was not Rudy. It was my, my vicious attack cat, McGee, mm-hmm. who does not appreciate being rubbed by your foot. <laughs> and he bit me on the foot. <laughs> well, he bit me on the foot, Timmy, and it made me jerk back, my leg back. And you ever jerk your leg back, move your leg back, and you get one of those Charlie horses behind your knee? Oh, yeah, it hurts. No, he doesn't. So He's to tr- never done that. To try to stop it, I straightened my leg real fast. You have to bite your bottom lip. Well, I, got, I pulled a hamstring, straightening my leg so fast. And at 3.30 in the morning, I let out a whale, Timmy, mm-hmm. that woke up everybody in the house and had to get up and walk around and... It still hurts. You might notice me limping a little bit. I, I put a little liniment ointment on it, but uh, yeah, it was painful. It was quite, it's quite painful. There. So is the story. Hmm? No, no, I'm just saying. When you get saying. Charlie Hurst, do you bite your bottom lip? No. You do that, it'll go away. Or you bite someone else's. No. See, the cat already bit me, so I did not think it was a good idea to bite his bottom lip. No. McGee is dangerous. McGee is dangerous. McGee's so, killed everything on four legs. All right. Some things on two. Look. So Would they, you just get on with this? Come on, hear, I want to hear more about the screaming. They hear noises coming from the fabric scraps under her bed, under yeah. their bed. So they were convinced that they now had the mouse. When they brought the box out to the center of the room, it leapt into the air of its own accord and landed on its side. Well, that's odd. No sooner had the girls nervously righted the box when it jumped into the air again, eliciting screams from the young women. Up to this point, the events could have been attributed to the active imagination of two girls. Especially given Esther's recent harrowing experience at the hands of Bob McNeil. But the third night would provide evidence to all in the Teed House that something far out of the ordinary was happening. The Teed House. With, ex- with Esther Cox. Isn't that next to the Mustang Ranch down in Las Vegas, the Teed House? The following night, Esther excused herself to bed early, complaining that she was feeling feverish. About I got 10 p.m. The fever. I got the fever. Go ahead, Doug. About 10 p.m., soon after Jenny joined her in bed. Ah, oh, now it's getting good. Two sisters sharing the same bed. Really, because I've mentioned this three times. Timmy found this a fascinating fucking comment. Timmy found the fact that these sisters were sharing a bed so fucking fascinating. It's mentioned like three times (laughs) in here, and you're just now fucking picking up on it. Yes, they shared a bed. Well, it didn't. I just didn't know they were so committed to it. By the third time, I realized it was a lifestyle choice. I don't think it was a lifestyle choice. I'm not judging them. I'm not judging them. I don't think it was a lifestyle choice. It was a crowded house. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. You got the the actor standing there. I don't know why the actor is there, really. 
<laughs> if you don't have enough room, we don't bring right. in an actor. Well, they got to pay the rent. And um, a mouse. All right. So about 10 p.m. soon after Jenny joined her in bed, Esther jumped up from the bed to the center of the room, tearing at her night clothes and screaming, my God, what's happening to me? I'm dying. Jenny lit a lamp and looked at her sister, horrified to see that her skin was bright red and seemed to be swelling unnaturally. Olive rushed into the room and assisted Jenny into getting her sister back into bed as it now seemed that she was choking and struggling to breathe. The other adults watched in disbelief as Esther's entire body, which was remarkably hot to the touch, swelled and reddened. Esther's eyes bulged and she cried in pain, fearing that she was literally going to burst through her stretched skin. Then from beneath Esther's bed came a deafening bang like a clap of thunder that shook the room. Three more loud reports exploded from under the bed, after which Esther's swelling subsided and she fell into a deep, deep sleep. Four nights later, these terrifying events repeated themselves. Esther's unexplained swelling and torture ended only by the thunderous noise from under the bed. At a loss to cope with this unearthly ordeal, Daniel, who the fuck is Daniel, asked a local doctor, Dr. Corette, to examine Esther. And he was witness to some of the most frightening events of all. Daniel was Olive's husband. Okay. Uh, the doctor agreed to stay all night in the event that the attacks occurred again. Attending at Esther's bedside, he watched in astonishment as her pillow moved beneath her head, untouched by any hands. Ah! That's scary shit. See, you know what, though? Sometimes I think that's just people stealing your pillow. He heard the loud bangs from underneath the bed, but could not find any cause for them. He saw her bedclothes thrown across the room by unseen hands. Then the doctor heard a scratching noise, like a metal door scraping into plaster. Ugh. Dr. Corette looked at the wall above Esther's bed and saw letters nearly a foot high etching themselves into the wall. When it was done, it spelled out, Esther Cox, you are mine to kill. Mm. A uh, jagged... That's not cool, Colonel. Yeah. No, you know what I why hate is it, when why I get... Why are picking on this poor girl? This is what I hate. You ever get up in the morning and, like, you're getting ready for work and then you see lipstick on the mirror that says... You will die tonight. No. I've I never that. had that happen. Never seen that. Yeah, and yet here you are, so somebody's clearly not committed. I think I got a poltergeist. Yeah. A jagged clump of plaster then tore off the wall, flew across the room, and landed at the doctor's feet. After two hours, the house fell quiet. Dr. Corette, out of courage, compassion, or curiosity, returned the next day and bore witness to more unexplained manif manifestations. Potatoes hurled themselves across the room. The deafening noises now seemed to be coming from the roof of the house, yet when the doctor investigated, there was no apparent cause. Of these events, years later, he would write to a colleague, honestly, honestly, skeptical persons were on all occasions soon convinced that there was no fraud or deception in the case. Were I to publish the case in the medical journals, as you suggest, I doubt if it would be believed by physicians generally. I am certain I could not have believed such, an, such apparent miracles had I not witnessed them. The doctor, of course, could do nothing to help Esther or settle the disturbances at the Teed home. The Teed home? Yeah, I'm yes, telling you. The they should have, they should have had a sign made. Teed home. Turn Cox right. and Teeds. <laughs> they got Coxes and Teeds all so over So what do you think place. about that, Brandy? Wouldn't that freak you out? Shit Fuck like that noise. You burn that shit down and move. Yeah. Burning down So what house. happened next, uh, Carl? Well, to me... <clears throat> Let me tell you about this. Now. These are strange phenomena. It's strange days here mm. in the Teed house. 
cocks and teeds. Now, the haunting continued mm-hmm. and, in fact, became more destructive and threatening, devil. Burn it down. And Walter Hubble re- remained in the home for some six weeks and documented the events and eventually published a book about the haunting. Among the events he documented with multiple witnesses, mind you. Multiple witnesses, more than just one. Unexplained fires erupted around the house. Now, that could have been that little bastard we had on the podcast that me and the devil did. Just starting fires everywhere. They would he got st- hit, in, hit in the head with a clipboard. He was a, he was a yeah. self-described drifter. He was. They would start in one part of the house, and when the family went to put out the fire, another one would start in a different seat. Uh, and that polar guy's just fucking with you there. That, that's, that's like us, Timmy. <laughs> like me and you. I mean, me and you in our jobs. Not the devil, because you don't do anything here, but hmm. running around putting out fires all yeah. day. That's yeah. where, the, that's where the saying came long. from. It came from the teed house. And the cox. And the cox house. Oh, my God. Now, knives and forks were thrown by some entity... Probably an angry woman sticking violently into the woodwork. Often they would hurl through the air and stop before impaling Esther. Oh, they would not impale Esther. They just stop. Mm. Then they fall to the floor. And they would like puncture her skin but not do any real damage. Yeah, the knives would sometimes pierce her skin. Cause her to bleed but cause no serious injury. I was actually getting to that point. I heard Timmy, that somewhere. But, yeah. Now, little matches, Timmy, out of thin air. Now, listen to this. What do you think of this, Brandy? Mm. Little matches out of thin air would materialize and drop onto beds where Esther would lay. She's trying to set her on fire. You know what? God just hated this woman. But That's you know, all it is. That seems so mean. But, you know, if the no. border guys have, I mean, obviously, they've got a lot of energy and a lot of power. Why don't they just kill her instead of right. fucking with her? Well, I think it was probably more fun to do this. Furniture would move about by itself. Um, flipping over, sometimes slamming into walls repeatedly. Luckily, Helen Keller didn't get one of these because it would have fucked her up bad, the furniture always moving around and stuff. Yeah. Now, loud slaps were heard. That was the two girls up in the bedroom, though. Oh, you've been bad today. Followed by the appearance of red finger marks on Esther's face. Mm. Sewing pins, Timmy, often appeared from nowhere and were jabbed into Esther's face. I did piss you off after a while, wouldn't it? After, well, it, it caused your complexion to. Mm. Uh, you know what my brother said to me one time? To What's me? that? I, you know, I had chicken pox as a uh-huh. child, you know, and you can mm. see from my face. Right. I was a little self conscious about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came over one like time. A freak. And I was shaving. <laughs> and, you, missed uh, her, you missed her comment, Colonel. Huh? You missed her comment. That was rude, devil. So you I was shaving. What did I say? Did I look like a freak? That was hurtful. Mm. So I was shaving. Now, if you have the chicken pox and you got the little pox mark, when you shave, it's like Bondo, you know, the shaving cream sticks in the little hole and you got to mm-hmm. wipe it off. And mm-hmm. I came out and I, I had just shaved and my brother was waiting for me. He's dead now. God rest his soul. He died of ALS, Brandy. He did. So anyway. He cut himself a lot shaving. He said, uh, I need you. He, he's like, end. hey, you know, go wipe your face off. You got a bunch of, bunch of pox marks there with shaving cream in there. And uh, so I went and wiped my face off, and I said something. He's like, you know, I wouldn't be too self-conscious about those things. I I said, I hate these things. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, no, it has character. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. He said, it just looks like your face caught on fire and somebody tried to put it out with a pitchfork. (laughs) 
Who says that kind of thing to their little brother, Tim? I don't know, but that's amazing. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> um, okay. So what, what happens next, Colonel? What else? What else is going on in that house? That's the longest well, fucking pointless story. A pocket knife was... People like pro- those stories, Christ. man. No, they a don't. A pocket knife... You, 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 here, listen to me read this devil. Uh, see, Timmy sin, spends all this time on his Dude, bro. shut your cock holster and, and, listen and get and going. Just, I mean, it's like you... It almost, you know who you sound like reading this shit? You sound like Siri reading a, reading the script. God damn it. Bring some life into the thing. This is why I win awards and you sit and watch. Now, he God damn it, pay attention. Awards, Brandy. Award-winning podcast. Now, pocket knife. Biggest what? douchebag. I got to bring life to, to Tim. To, and don't let me bring out my rock star award, of which you have none. <laughs> oh, yeah. She won a, she, he's never and, won a, an award and here. And a star thing there. And you, and I believe. But one of our other colleagues won in Hamilton County Employee, employee of the Year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's douchebag. So anyway, Timmy, one day, one time a pocket knife was ripped from the hand of a neighborhood boy and stabbed in Esther's back. Ooh, well, he stabbed didn't like in Esther. back. Paul and Geist did not like Causing Esther. her a no, serious wound wrong. that seemed to heal overnight. See, people could I just think fuck Bob with Bob has Esther. something to do with this. Bob oh, and yeah. And cats, Kent, Timmy, mm-hmm. this cats would stand on their hind legs and appear to sing nursery rhymes. Not fucked up there. Yeah. Twinkle, twinkle, Have little you, star. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it scare you, Brandy, if a cat got up on his hind mm-hmm. legs and started reading nursery rhymes? Oh, a bit. Good night, <laughs> Moon. Good night, Esther. I'm going to kill would, you in your sleep. That would be scary. Now, poor tormented Esther tried several times to escape the devilish entity. Mm-hmm. But it followed her wherever she went. One Sunday, Esther attended a Baptist church service and sat in one of the rear pews. Oh, Esther was one of those back pew people. Once uh, the service had begun, uh, you go to church often. I, well, Timmy, I I I I do the sermons and stuff, so I have to. What is to your go sermon uh, this week? Uh, my sermon this week is on the virtues of gambling, Timmy. <laughs> There's virtues of gambling. There's virtues I in thought, gambling. I thought the see, the Lord was opposed to gambling. No, no, the whole uh, see, the Lord wants everybody to understand that life is just a roll of the dice, Timmy. Uh huh. So he's he's in so favor he's of slot machines. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. He wants people to gamble more, Brandy. Gamble more. That's right. That's what my sermon is going to be about. And then we're going to have we're going to have some card games in the back. Mm-hmm. Now, poor. So Esther's in church. All right. Yes. And then there's some knocking and rappings echoing throughout the church. Okay. Seeming to come from the front of the church, and they grew louder and louder, Timmy. Drowning out the minister's sermon because they didn't have microphones See, back there. See, Brandy, poltergeist should be required to stay in a certain location. It shouldn't be able to follow you. Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. Churches should be poltergeist free zones. I agree. I agree. But you know what? They're not. If you make a poltergeist free zone, mm-hmm. only the bad guy's going to have poltergeist. I see. You see? <laughs> Get that. I see what you did the there. The only thing that will kill a poltergeist is a good guy with a poltergeist to me. Okay, a good poltergeist. <clears throat> yeah, good guy with a good Think about that, Brandy. I, I don't want to. Well, the noises grew louder so and louder and louder. Mm-hmm. Okay? Much like when you're nagging your, your poor, long-suffering husband over there, devil. Louder and louder. Drowning out the minister's sermon, fearing the church was about to collapse, the parishioners fled their pews, Timmy. And that was before the collection plate was passed around, so the minister was pissed. Now, knowing that Esther was the cause, the parishioners refused to return to the church as long as Esther remained a member. But the, the minister had a solution 
and this is how the story ends. Uh, you remember Joan of Arc, Timmy? Yeah. They took Esther out one Sunday <laughs> and burned her at the stake. That is not what happened. To get rid of the poltergeist. No, no, no. Okay, no, that's no. the alternate ending. Yes. While, with donations drying up, see, the minister's mad. He forbade Esther from attending services. You've been no. kicked out of a church, Brandy? That's none of your business. I actually have been kicked out of a church before, Timmy. <laughs> of course you have. I have. Third asshole over he here really has clearly been kicked out of a church. What happened? He was, clicked at, he was kicked out of the Vatican, I'm sure. <laughs> now, this is a true story, Timmy, and I'll try to make it brief. But oh, my God. There was, uh, there was a woman was doing a sermon. They did this thing on the power of prayer, you know, and, and I was one of those guys. I went to church because, uh, you know, I was told I had to be at church. Right. But they had really good donuts there, so I would go. I didn't really yeah, mind go it. for the donuts. And uh, the, go sermon, for the, no- the donuts, sermon was stay, going on a long time. Huh? And the woman was talking about the power of prayer, and she's going on and on and on about this stuff. and <laughs> Like this story? And I said, you know, I, I had Renee sitting next to me. I said, you know, th- this kind of kind of bullshit, because, you know, just right before my brother, God rest his soul, died. Yeah, your brother was sick with ALS. And I said, you know, everybody, you could get everybody in China to pray for my brother. He's going to die because nobody has ever had what he has and lived. lived through it. So, and this woman up here, every time something bad happens to her, she says a prayer and something good happens to her. It's like playing the goddamn lottery where you win, it's fixed. Mm-hmm. If you want my, and so, so I'm having a little sermon in my little pew right I here, see. right, Timmy? But I'm getting a little too loud. I'm sure that went over well. It did not go over well. And, and Renee said, quiet down. Don't, and I said, look, you want to impress me. I want somebody up there that's prayed and prayed and prayed and didn't get what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And still has the faith mm-hmm. in the Lord our Savior, Timmy. Mm-hmm. But Renee told me, tone it down, quiet down, mm-hmm. shut up. Yeah, so I was sitting there. And, no, and it kept going on. Mm-hmm. And then finally the woman said this is where she made me snap timmy she Mm. made me snap and i think our listeners will agree she said i know that it can be this might sound petty she said but one time a group of ducks took up residence in our swimming pool Mm -hmm. this is how the sopranos start (laughs) and i no, this is true and she said i did not want to get rid of the ducks but they ruined all the ph balance and they fouled the water and everything else and I looked over at Renee and I said, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but I said it apparently in a tone that people like eight pews ahead of me could you hear me. You said it out loud. I, I, I forgot. I was in church. And okay. I said, are you fucking kidding me? And she said, Renee said, stop. I said, no, you know, I don't care if you got the goddamn Loch Ness Monster in your goddamn swimming pool. If you got a fucking swimming pool, you ain't doing so goddamn bad. And Renee said, Get out of the church right this minute. I said, I am getting out of this church because this shit ain't going nowhere. So I went out in the parking lot. I went to the vending machine, got me a Mountain Dew, went out in the parking lot, smoked some cigarettes. The pastor came over to me and asked me if I was doing all right. And I told him the sermon went, the little thing went a little long and I got a little edgy. <laughs> now think about that. Woman complaining about and then saying a prayer so about it. So they ask you not to come back? He asked me to not use the Lord's name in vain in my pew. Um, I can't imagine. Yeah, well, uh, you got can, kicked out of church. You can actually ask. That's that's a true story. There are plenty of witnesses to that. <laughs> so, oh my God. Well, so so the past the the parishioners want to burn Esther at the stake, but they won't let her. So 
She moved to a neighbor's house, mm-hmm. and uh, the poltergeist, of course, followed her. I See, mean, Brandy, I don't think poltergeist should be allowed to follow you. No, they do. Poltergeist was like a hemorrhoid there, and she was forced to return home. At the tits, the tits landlord, fearing the destructive nature of the phenomena, wanted to evict the family. Again, taking responsibility for the events, Esther moved herself out instead. Okay. Finding work at a nearby farm, milking goats. <laughs> now, when the farm's barn burned to the ground, however, the farmer said, Esther, you got to go. And arrested Esther for arson, for which she was convicted and served a four-month sentence. Fortunately, Esther only served one month in jail and was released. The short sentence may have seemed like a low point to the much troubled Esther, but it did have its upside. You know what did not happen? What? The poltergeist would not go in jail, Timmy. So it's a blessing in disguise that she got sent up the river. Yeah, there, now there were, yeah, she never saw the poltergeist again. Now, maybe the poltergeist got locked up, too. Or the poltergeist joined a gang in jail. Anything could have happened. I don't know. We have a lot of people who have problems with Facebook jail. Yeah, Karen Barnes. There were minor (laughs) instances for a short time, and then the haunting stopped completely. Esther would go on to marry twice and died of the consumption in 1912 at the age of 53, Timmy. Walter Hubble published his book, The Great Amherst Mystery, after her death and included an affidavit signed by 16 witnesses of the horrific events. At Amherst, the events that occurred in Esther's household remain a mystery to this day. Hmm. Hmm. Brandy, what's your final thoughts on Esther Cox and the great Amherst mystery? Um, I blame Bob, what's his butt? McNeil. McNeil. I blame him for all of it. You think it's because he got his, uh, his weenie got a little excited? I just am blaming him for all of it. Okay, Colonel, what's your final thoughts on Esther Cox? I just, she shouldn't have lived in the Tid House, Timmy. <laughs> if you're going to live in the Tid House. Is it a strange story? Did you did it frighten you in any way? It did not frighten me, Timmy. I've dealt worse, with worse than poltergeist, Timmy. <clears throat> you have three boys running around your house, Timmy. You got knives and shit flying all the time. This don't scare me. Right. All right, uh, let's, uh, we want to thank our uh, devoted listeners who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support this fine podcast, this, the arts, if you would like to support the arts. Brandy, I know you support the arts. If you would like to support the arts, you can do uh-huh. so by going to patreon.com slash historydweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or... Or just a wee little bit to me. And I'm going to ask the colonel now to read the uh, Patreon list. We've got it updated so that we include everyone who's been very generous. Your pop's uh, on it. (laughs) He's been very generous uh, with your kind. Here we go. Jim Seabright, Adam Andrew Scammel, I'm sorry, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, Terry Stratford, Malachi, Brandy McBride, Jennifer Savota, Per Westman, Maggie Glover, Gracie's mom, Yes. Gracie's mom, of course. Erica Kenny, Hiro, The Comeback Podcast, L.K. Barr, Reen, Marissa, Bridget Clavy, Phyllis Munson, Jennifer Riker-Smith, Stephen Potts, Anna Garrett, Ben Dobrovich, Ursula, Clark, of course, and Diane, who are out right now. 
They are on their way to, or they're in England right Beth now. Beth Wallen, Michelle Johns, lovely Michelle Johns, Mar Margaret McDonald, Aaron Turner, Jess Leanne Flanagan, a beautiful Irish girl. Lovely hair. Julia Rodriguez, Mike Sadler, Jamie Dent, Tyrone, Marsha, Boris, Stacey Alsop, Jody and Sean Wells, Amber Anderson, they walk among us. Ben. And Rosanna. And Rosanna, Lorna Violet. They just got back from Morocco. They did. Michael Dale, Kelly Shrett, Karen Widener, Callie, the lovely Callie Jones, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, Pleasing Terrors, Mike Brown, Sarah Bloom, Amber, of course, Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Kimberly Cameron, Elise, Elise, of course, Edridge Hinton, History Goes Bump, Amber Turbino, Annette Petray, Lise, Lahara Lopez, Alicia and Chip Mincy, Mark yeah, Smith, from Jahara for a while. Don and Jeff okay. Chestnut. Whose anniversary is today? Happy anniversary. Yay, Jeff, nice. you're lucky to have and that woman. Yesterday was Jennifer Sabota's birthday, so happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Andrew Happ, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Shirley. Shirley, we're going to invade your ass. We're going to take over your country. You're going to be flying red, white, and blue. You try to threaten America again, you Canadian bastards. Todd Long, Melissa Montoya, Maja. Shelly Garrett, my lovely co-host from the other one, Timmy. Durant's and Reasons Podcast. Carol Elise, Christine Malachinsky, Adam McWaters, and Rants and Reason Podcast. Yes. And We're on there twice. Uh, the Honey uh, um, Visions Podcast. Honey Visions Podcast. Paula Kimes, The Vanish Podcast, Canadian True Crime Charlie from Insight, Angela Santos, Lydia Wasson Fisher, Kim Stroop, Nicole Adams, Ron Monasterio, Tracy Smith, Bridget Bernard, Stacy, Cheryl Weldon, Lady Beverly, lovely Lady Beverly. Lovely Lady Beverly. Rudy, the most dangerous canine in the world. Rudy, the, the wonder, wonder dog. dog. I think Rudy's uh, credit card was declined, so you might want to mention to him he needs to update his credit card. I'm, you know what? I'm going to Oh, I just told the devil about that battle. Mm -hmm. I just told her about that. What happened? Uh, no. Huh? <laughs> no. No, people have to get back to I had work. an extra check card, and, and I just shit. told my wife, she because it was an extra one, she killed it. Really? And I was uh, like, do you have... Now I got to go back to all these things that are tied to that card now. Uh, well, let Rudy And know. redo them. Let Rudy, I thought Rudy had his own card. Well, Rudy would occasionally use mine. Oh, I see. Okay. And because, because our immigration policies are so jacked up in this country, Timmy, I cannot get a social security number for Rudy to wander dog. That's, that's awful. It is. So now he's got to use my bank account. But, yeah, she did that. She's like, oh, we don't need it for anything. I was like, God damn it. My New York Times account, my everything else. Yeah. I got like nine things that are tied to that card. Yeah. Now I got to go back porn, and redo everything. All your porn. Porn hub. Is, I mean, everything, Timmy. Okay. You, I mean, you got it. Now you're getting it in like low definition, low speed. You know, right, it's just right. no good. Yeah. But, and Dottie, I'm sorry nobody died in this one. We're really sorry. The next one, we promise a lot of people are going to get murdered, okay? Yeah, we'll do a mass murder or something. Yeah. Brandy, you have any final thoughts? No. The, you want to say anything to everyone on our page? We love you. Thank you all for listening so much. All right. We'll see you next time on History Trees. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Colonel. Goodbye. Good day. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.